We have these handouts coming to you. Everybody needs one because inside of it, today we're going to take a couple assessments. Today is all about equipping and empowering you to know you. Uh, ultimately, you to know your God-given design and purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's masterpiece. Like, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you have doubts or concerns, you just look at yourself in the eyes and say, you are God's masterpiece, right? Because it says that. We're God's masterpiece, and He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we could do the good things He planned for us long ago. So you have a purpose. You are God's masterpiece, and He has something for all of us. And during the course of this series, Growth Tracks, our entire goal is to onboard you into the life of the church. And not just this church, but the church, right? Uh, and we want to equip you. We want you, maybe if you've been around for a long time, to realign you to the things that God put inside of you long ago. And we always have this banner sitting out there that kind of explains who we are. Our mission is to be people leading people under a growing relationship with Jesus. And we do that by connecting with God and each other, serving God and each other, sharing with God and each other. We do it by living out these values that we've talked about already. But I want to focus in today on the word sharing. And ultimately, it's one thing to be the people leading people, to be the people being led or people being shared to, but what does it look like when we all of a sudden have the opportunity ourselves to know ourselves good enough, to know how God gifted us, to know how we're wired personality-wise even, so that we can be in a great place of serving, so that we can share our lives with each other. We could be the ones, we could be the first people sharing our lives with people, therefore leading people into this rich, full, incredible life through a relationship with Jesus. That, that's the goal. That is what we want for each of you. Our big idea today is, is ultimately a commitment, right? I commit to sharing my life with God and each other. Again, if you metric these out, if you if you say, boy, if I'm on a scale of, of 1 to 10 in the area of sharing my life with God, where would I put that? Where would I rate myself? Man, maybe, maybe a 6, maybe a 4. I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're at a 0 today and you're just still exploring this thing called faith. That's okay. It's just being able to say, I am here. And what would it look like to take another step? If you were to rate your life in the area of sharing your life with others, where would you be? Well, I really don't share my life much. Then we're going to help you just take another step. When we say life, it usually means you'll often hear us say time, talents, or treasure. Just as a way of kind of putting a, something that represents life. You know, I mean, we're called open life, right? So, uh, but what does that mean, our time, talent, and treasure? These are the most basic resources you could ultimately, like, break down life into being. Time is one of the most valuable commodities we have, right? So, where do we give our time? 
If we took our time and we looked at where we're devoting it, are we devoting our time to God? Are we devoting our time intentionally making a difference in the lives of others? Who could I make a difference in the life of today? And it could be as easy. I just listened to a podcast about this yesterday while I was mowing and fertilizing. When did summer come? Anyway, uh, and I was listening to this podcast and it just said, what would it look like if you could make a difference in somebody's life every day? If you just wake up and today, and that could be as simple as a smile. It could be as simple as a hello. It could be as simple as, as introducing yourself and and knowing somebody's name that you see in community that you usually just don't know. There's easy ways to invest your time to make a difference. What about talents? These are your gifts and abilities. This is what we're zoning in on today, right? There, there's what, it's what God uniquely gave you, your purpose to His kingdom. And then we have our treasure, our finances, our possessions. Are we open-handed or closed-fisted with the things God has brought into our life? It's all a gift from Him. So we zoom in on this. Our first action today, ultimately, you could fill in the blanks really easy because uh, it's similar each week, but share your life with God. Share your life with God. 1 Peter 4, 10 through 11 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All the glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. He gave you the gifts you have. And they're unique to anybody else around you. His purpose for your life, you are an original, a masterpiece. And he's designed you to bring glory to him through your strengths, through your gifts. But Thad, how do I stir up these spiritual gifts? Like how do I, sure they're there, but I've never developed them. Kind of like an athlete, never developing themselves to be an athlete. How do you do that? Four thoughts for you. Here they come rattle them off quick. Accept Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. That's, that's the foundation. You got to get to that point if you're going to grow your relationship with God. If, you're, if you want to share your life with Him, the starting point is crossing that line of faith and inviting Jesus into your life. Choose to follow Him and you'll be able to start accessing all the gifts He has for you in the spiritual realm. Second thing is you need to acquire faith and truth in the area of your spiritual gifts. Become aware, which is what we're going to do in just a second. We're, we're going to jump in and go aggressive time here. And once you become aware, start learning how to unpack those. Live those out in your life. Apply yourself to learning in spiritual gifts. Practice makes perfect, right? So you need to start applying yourself. And then you uh, ask for the Lord to give you spiritual gifts. Like, just don't settle with what you become aware of today. Say, okay, God, I want more. I'm ready to expand the territory of what you're doing through my life and watch it just come alive. Uh, Scripture challenges us to eagerly desire greater gifts, and so we have this opportunity to do that. So spiritual gifts assessment. Are you ready to take a test? It's not a test. 
So don't get intimidated. There's no pass or fail. The lights just come on magically so that you can see your paper. Is that better? If you have eyes like mine, um, that's an important detail right there because I can't read in the dark anymore. It's the weirdest thing in the world. So um, you have this uh, spiritual gift questions right here. There are 72 questions, and this might intimidate you. Don't be intimidated. We're going to simplify this by doing this. You can flip the page to all these little uh, blanks here. I am actually going to read through every single line here real quick. And you're going to quickly rate, like number one, when I read the the item number one, you're going to rate yourself on a scale of one to five, where do you fall? One being almost never, two being seldom, three being sometimes, four being frequently, and five being almost always. So, pen in hand, paper in hand, you're on this sheet, starting on one, here we go. We're going to assess the spiritual gifts God has given you. Number one, I like organizing services and events. So, rate that right in there, one, two, three, four, five. You got it? Everybody on the same page? Two, I enjoy starting new churches. Three, working with my hands is fun for me. Four, I can tell when someone is insincere. Look at that, you're going too fast. If you think about it too hard, it'll throw off your score. So intuitively on a scale of one to five, right? So, okay, here we go. Number five, I pray for the lost daily. Number six, encouraging others is a high priority in my life. Number seven, Believing God for our daily needs is important to me. Eight, influencing others for the kingdom of God through finances is extremely important to me. Number nine, I look for opportunities to pray for the sick. Ten, I enjoy doing the little things that others do not. Eleven, Having people over to my house is something I do often. Twelve, spending hours in prayer for other people is very enjoyable to me. Thirteen, education is very important to me. Fourteen, I tend to motivate others to get involved. Fifteen, my heart hurts when I see others hurting. 16, I believe God will use me to enact His miracles. 17, I enjoy sharing the gospel with other people, groups, and nationalities. 18, I've devoted considerable time to mastering my voice and or instrument. 19, caring for the hurting is paramount in my eyes. means it's important. Number 20, the willful sin of others really aggravates me. You know how hard it is for me to stick to the script right now? I'm so... Okay, never mind. Um, Number 21, I enjoy serving behind the scenes. 
22. I like creating outlines of the Bible. 23. God has used me to interpret a heavenly language. 24. I enjoy the book of Proverbs more than any other book in the Bible. 25. I am passionate about managing details. 26. I prefer to pioneer new ministry projects. 27. I consider myself a craftsman or craftswoman. 28. I sense when situations are spiritually unhealthy. 29. I'm greatly concerned about seeing the lost saved. 30. I try to come across loving and caring. 31. Asking God for a list of big things is exciting to me. 32. I find ways to give offerings above my tithe. 33. I believe miraculous healing is for this day and age. 34. Helping others is one of my highest achievements. 35. Creating a warm and welcoming home is important to me. 36. I am burdened to pray for situations in the world. 37. People seek me out to learn more about the kingdom of God. 38. I prefer to take the lead whenever necessary. 39. I'm very sensitive to sad stories. Hallmark videos. Okay, moving. 40. Miracles often happen when I'm nearby. 41. Living in another country to benefit the gospel is exciting to me. 42. I desire to serve the church through worship. 43. I enjoy connecting, caring for, and coaching others. 44. Confronting someone with sin in their life is not hard. 45. It bothers me when people sit around and do nothing. (laughs) Oh, boy. 46. I share biblical truth with others in the hopes of their personal growth. 47. I pray in tongues daily. 48. When I study Scripture, God gives me unique insights. 49. Creating a task list is easy and enjoyable for me. 50. I am attracted to ministries that start new churches. 51. Building something with my hands is very rewarding to me. 52. I can pinpoint issues or problems before others. 53. I enjoy sharing the gospel with a total stranger. 54. I look for ways to be 
an encouragement to other people. 55, I trust that God has my back in every situation. 56, making more money means that I can give more. 57, God has used me to bring healing to those who are sick. 58, being a part of the process is fulfilling to me. 59, I tend to make total strangers feel at home. 60, people often describe me as a prayer warrior. 61, I enjoy knowing biblical details and helping others to understand. 62, I delegate responsibilities to accomplish tasks. 63, I am motivated to help those who are less fortunate. 64, I have a constant hunger to see God's miraculous power. 65, I focus a lot on reaching the world for Christ. 66, I gain my deepest satisfaction through leading others in vocal or instrumental worship. 67, I enjoy walking with someone in times of difficulty. 68, I enjoy hearing passionate and clear preaching of the truth. 69, I like to do small things that others pass over. 70, I prefer to teach the Bible topically rather than verse by verse. 71, praying in the Spirit is encouraging and important to me. And last but not least, here we go, 72, when faced with difficulty, I tend to make wise decisions and choices. You did it! You passed the test. It wasn't in a test. It was an assessment. Now you got to do math. Sorry, it's not over. There's more school involved, right? Uh, Simple addition will work. You just are going to add from left to right and figure out, like, in that first column, your maximum quantity would be 15, right? So that you write in the total column. And you're just going to kind of go left to right, left to right, left to right, add those up. Talking is distracting to you. Or I'm going to keep distracting you because I'm going to keep talking. But you uh, uh, go left to right there. And then you see this, these little um, letters on the right-hand side that represent a list of gifts that we have on the next few pages. When you find the largest two or three numbers, circle the letter next to it. Because that represents just a way that you're naturally gifted. Pretty easy, pretty different than anything we've ever done, but I think it's important to know how God wired you, and He wired each of us uniquely. There's no right or wrong thing to circle or gift to circle. It's funny, when I'm reading through those, how quickly I could write a five or probably a zero in some of those. (laughs) One is the lowest number. You can find out what you're strongest in and weakest in.
So you look at this list of gifts on the following page. Does everybody, does everybody need any help with their math? Somebody to their left or right could lean over. I hope you didn't cheat off your neighbor. It'd be really confusing the results. Um, but yeah, so you kind of look at the, the gifts you have. Now circle the, the three top ones and then kind of look at the next sheets. This is what we did is we list out these 20-some gifts. What, 24, I think? 23 different X, Y, Z. 24 uh, different gifts that are, are listed there, and you can kind of go through them and see uh, how God has uniquely shaped you. And, and if your gift is a specific thing, there's a little description there. There's some passages you can study later, because remember, you want to grow in that area. You want to apply that to your life. But then there's also, in parentheses there, some areas where you may fit on serve teams based off the results just of those spiritual giftings. Like, you would probably be uh, a really good fit if your gift is hospitality, you know, greeting people. Uh, it'd be in a place of extroverted ministry, not introverted ministry, because if you're not talking to people, you could be miserable, right? Uh, so we don't want to put a square peg in a round hole in the area of serving. We don't, the goal is not that you suffer for Jesus while serving. He didn't wire you that way. He wired you so that you could excel in your gifts, your natural abilities, that He put in you when you were created so that you could be fulfilled not only in the church, but in life. You'll start to recognize, that's why I'm unfulfilled in this job, right? Especially when we do the next assessment. You'll discover that all the more. So I'm not going to read through each of these. I'm going to highlight uh, a couple of them here. One of them, exhortation. This is an interesting one. Um, if you circled F, anybody circle F as one of the, the high things? Awesome. We have some future people that will be up here on the microphone teaching. This is going to be incredible. Um, uh, but no, seriously, here's the deal. Uh, this is one of those obvious applications where if this is your gift, you need to be in an area where you are bringing wisdom and you're teaching and you're talking. And, and one of the desires with Growth Track is it's something we're regularly doing for people that are checking the box when they show up saying, I want to become a part of the church. I want to become a member of the church. And how do I get involved? Well, we'll regularly have Growth Track going and we'll be utilizing those that like to exhort and teach. One of the desires we have is more people to be uh, involved in speaking or sharing. E even that moment where you come up and where we pray and welcome all of our guests and welcome all of you every week and kind of tell you a little bit about what's happening and what's coming up. Or at the end of service, when we usually do our giving talks, being able to share what God is up to and, and exhorting a room, uh, we desire for guys and gals to be plugged into that role. Maybe Maybe we're really wanting more gals to be plugged into that role because we don't want when you walk in here for you to think, oh, only, only, guys can, only guys can share on the mic. We don't believe that. We believe God gifts women and men equally to exhort and teach and lead. And uh, so anyway, just to get that out there. Uh, you should be signing up for the communication team and other stuff. That, we, we've been stretching people in the area of re-engage teaching, even some of the teaching that's happening. We have, we have our 
youth pastor up teaching elementary today because my wife is not feeling well at home. And so when you hear the loud noise, you can tell the youth pastor is in elementary today, can't you? I was like, that is so funny because as we get to the next uh, task, you're going to see the next assessment, he's a, he's a high I. So you'll, you'll get it in a second. Um, in the area of giving, I'll highlight this, of course, because I'm a preacher, but that's not why. I'm just falling into the stereotype there. But this gift of giving that this is talking about, this isn't talking about just, you know, giving a 20 spot to Jesus as the plate passes. This is talking about a gift that's above and beyond giving 10% of our income to the Lord. And this is one of those things that God uniquely uses in the church. There's, you're like, so the gift of giving means I fit a serve project? Yeah, absolutely. Whether it's uh, counting the offering, we obviously want people who count the offering on Sundays to be those who give in the offering on Sunday, because <laughs> it's a hard issue, right? Again, tithing is not an issue of, of uh, favor with people. It's an issue of our heart being surrendered to God. And this gift of giving has this, like, I'm wired, I'm excited to give above and beyond just requirement. Like, I think how to give. A passage that we didn't share in our opening week that I had in the notes, but we ultimately didn't have enough time, kind of like today, uh, is Leviticus 19, 9 through 10. It says this, when you harvest the crops of your land, do not harvest the grain along the edges of your fields, and do not pick up what the harvesters drop. It is the same with your grape crop. Do not strip every last bunch of grapes from the vines, and do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. This is a teaching on leaving margin in your life. And those with the gift of giving naturally are wired this way. It's like, okay, I'm not only going to do the base requirement of what God gives me, giving 10% of my income. I am going to leave margin. In fact, I'm going to see how much margin I can leave because I want to be a part of what's next. And that's some of our language on our website. If you go to the giving page to kind of figure out where am I in this journey of giving, maybe you would read that it would be called extravagant giving. These are those God is wired and gifted so that the future could come about ultimately. Regular tithe is what a church lives off of. That's the 100%, right? We give 10% of it to strategic generosity and 90% of it to the work of the church. But when the future comes and we're saying, hey, we need a ministry training center or a coffee shop, we're feeling God calling us to this, this gift of giving kicks in. And that's what allows next to come about. So God gives that gift. And I already referred to one of the other gifts I want to hit on here. There's kind of this, it goes hand in hand, helps and hospitality. Hospitality is one of those spaces where we have a lot of dreams for our future at Open Life, um, where we would not just be handing out a worship guide with somebody on a hospitality team, but we would have greeters at the doors, greeters up in the parking lot, uh, to where people see this first impression. When I'm wired for hospitality, personally, our home uh, we drive our kids crazy because we always want to be hospitality ready. Like if somebody knocks on the door, open door policy, come on in. Um, that's the way we're wired as a home. But I'm up here. Like by the time I get up on the stage to be hospitable and look everybody in the eyes and say welcome, 
first impressions are, are long so deeply into everybody, right? First impressions happen in parking lots and here and at the kids' check-in and at the coffee table and when they're dropping kids off with teachers. Hospitality is vital for somebody who's exploring Jesus walking through the door of a church, for guests at a church. And, and, and while we're all commissioned to be hospitable to one another and look to our left and our right and introduce ourselves and say hello on our own initiative before and after service, like there's a role for like so many more people. And as Jaden mentioned, Easter's in a month. And we want all hands on deck, hospitality, smiles, serving. We figure usually you like are twice the size normal on Easter. That means we're going to have about 300 people here. That's actually going to be a little difficult to facilitate. So, you know, we need hospitality influx within the context of our future. And we're praying that during the course of the next few weeks, we can bring so many more people into that team specifically. Because again, as we stated when we started this growth track, our goal is to go from the 40-some people serving once a month now to jump that up over 80 people serving through the course of doing this growth track series. Okay, that's spiritual gifts. Boy, there's so many more I could dive into that I'm passionate about, but we're jumping on to action number two, sharing your life with each other. So we've shared our life with God because He's gifted us. So here's my gift, Lord. Use me in this area. But what about each other? How do you work with one another? Psalm 139.14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Like, He made you complex. And He used a few elements to do that, right? That helped develop your personality and leadership style. Your family history was at play, like your, your context matters, where your personality is in this moment, uh, the training you've undergone and maybe your profession or life pursuits that you've kind of become very self-aware, you could be shaping your personality, mentors who you were impressed by, you naturally modeled after, and those shape your personality, and then life experiences. Uh, and for me, a life experience that shifted my personality was the day I gave my life to Jesus. Seriously, I came out of a shell that I used to be in. You're like, you never had a shell. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could be very, very uh, complacent just being by myself, but God brought me out on that moment. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life begun. So God helps us like step into the future. So this is one of those super, super uncomplicated assessments. It's called the DISC. Anybody ever taken the DISC before at work? You've done this? You're going, I recognize this terminology, the DISC. Um, this is something that we're going to give you three minutes to do. You got because of time, and, and I know you can do it. If you overthink it, it's no good. And what you're going to do is you're going to look at the question, and you're going to rate yourself on a scale again of one to five, one being never, five being always. And as soon as you're done with all these questions, we're going to come back and write the totals in, and I'll tell you what those mean for you in a second. Three minutes, go. Um, so off to the left or wherever you want to write here, 
the one category, this area, you, you want to do the math from this section. You see the dotted lines. Uh, if you circled all fives there on the top, write 25 in your total. That's a 25 max. Um, if you, you know, do the same, do the math per section, and the total area is right next to the number on the left. Does that make sense? So do the math from the right over to the left. And uh, as soon as you write your numbers in there, then you can write Next to the 1, a D. Next to the 2, an I. Next to the 3, an S. And next to the 4, a C. Because that is representative of the personality or leadership style that most naturally you're wired towards. Uh, again, it's an assessment. This is not a pass or fail. There's no strength or, or, or weak category. We're all a part of uh, the body, and God needs all of our personalities alike. So what do these mean? Uh, when, when you come into the church, we need all these types, and, and when you are at work and every place, we actually, when we're hiring someone, we do a disc and motivator assessment that costs 110 bucks because we want to know in detail where somebody's at on this spectrum for the sake of knowing how to lead them, because depending on how you're wired is how you're led. And the Ds, we'll just go category by category, and you can read this cheat sheet if you flip it over uh, and for each personality type. Maybe you have one high one, you want to circle that. Maybe you have a couple that are high, then that might mean you're a mix. If you have more than two that are high, you failed. You got to go back and take it again. You're trying to be, you overthought it. If you have more than two that are like level, uh, you are definitely wired stronger in a couple or really weak in a few. And you might be known for what you're weaker in than what you're stronger in. That's one of the tricky things about personalities. But anyway, the D's are direct. And there's kind of a chart that might help you understand this up here. Um, the D's are direct and they're, they're decisive and they're risk takers and they're problem solvers and they're going to charge mountains. These are your generals, your, your leaders. They can sometimes seem cold and harsh and presidential. Anyway, uh, moving on. Uh, the, the I's are the life of the party. Uh, they have crowds around them. They're laughing. They're talking. You can hear the children making noise when they're leading the kids' area today. Anyway, John's pretty high in that. They're promoters. They're, come along, guys. This is going to be incredible. They're emotional. They're, there's high highs and lows lows. Um, if anybody knows my daughter, Jaden, she would be a high high I, right? She's just like, everybody, she's got to know everybody's name in the room, and she can walk through the room and say hi to everybody by name. That's just, that's kind of the high I personality. Uh, they can become very concerned about the approval of others, and if they feel they don't have the approval of people in the room, they can get really, really sad quickly. The S's, which is the largest group of personality types in the world around us, they're steady and more reserved because they're stable, predictable. They, they don't like change unless you inform them that change is the norm. That's the only way you can change a lot around an S or a C is you tell them, okay, what's constant here? Change will be constant, <laughs> you know. Um, so the, the, 
the S's are really uh, not, they don't like threatening environments. They're often friendly and understanding as well. They're incredible listeners, loyal workers. They're happy doing the same job as long as they know they're doing it well. C's are compliant and analytical, careful and logical lines of thinking drive them forward. The accuracy is a top priority. They hold high standards and value systematic approaches to problem solving. Though they thrive when given opportunities to find solutions, they tend to ignore the feelings of others and can be critical or crabby because they're more about the system than the people right, at times? And so that's an interesting one for some personalities to deal with, right? If you're crisscross, uh, like D's sometimes are challenged by the S's, and I's are sometimes challenged by the C's. So let's take an illustration, right? Every week we set up and tear down this room. Let's say we take, it's always our goal, that we, when we have you stand and dismiss you in a couple minutes, is that we take 10 minutes and talk, and we're hanging out, and then let's just say to the room, uh, hey, everybody, if we're going to tear down the chairs now, the D's would say, hey, you, go chair, get those chairs. You, stack those chairs. You do those chairs. Even though they don't know how many are supposed to be in a stack or where to stack them, how to stack them, or that they're supposed to be stacked on a roller, they'll just start commanding people to tell them to stack right? That's just the D. I can stack. We're going to win at stacking. Let's stack now, right? That's the D. The I is going to tell people around, hey guys, we're stacking chairs. Come on, you doing anything? Stack with me. Uh, Where are we stacking? And then they're going to get distracted. They won't stack one chair because they're going to talk to the person next to them. And if that person happens to be an S, they're going to get a little aggravated because they don't really want to have a conversation with the I while stacking chairs. They want to get the stack right because they want to be told by somebody they did it well. Meanwhile, the C's are standing on the side of the room judging everybody because they're stacking wrong. Obviously, you stack a certain amount of chairs in a stack, and they don't even know where they're supposed to put the stacks, and those stacks aren't straight. How could they stack like this? You go, why is this being taught in church? Uh, Because we need to understand our strengths our weaknesses, and where we best fit. And again, depending on our personality, you don't want a C to be standing over there with worship guides. Because while somebody's coming in that needs a worship guide, they're sorting them and making sure they're straight in the box and they're missing the fact that somebody's walking in that needs a smile. Then again, you don't want the I doing your accounting. It's just a reality. So we kind of, we want to be able to empower people that are personality-wise in the right spaces. So this is what we've kind of done. Our goal is that we surrender our life to Jesus, right? And we want to surrender our whole life to Jesus. Our spiritual giftings, our natural personality wiring, we want to be able to learn on that. And we gave you all kinds of material to learn about what you circled as your, your disc assessment. And that's a very simple one. You could take really expensive ones. Even some opportunities for personal growth in your disc, like to be self-aware. Oh, that's why I offend everybody around me. I just tell people like it is, you know. And maybe you could grow. You don't have to do that, you know. And so how can I grow? Here's some opportunities for growth for your areas. But on that final sheet, this is what comes in handy for the church to know. 
and be able to fan into flame the gifts God has put in your life. It's to be able to have you write down what are your three spiritual gifts? What is your disc profile? And not only write it here for you to learn from on that last page, but that you would take your Connect card today or the membership card on the seat, or if you're filling it out digitally, and share those giftings with us. Because we want to be able to help you thrive in the area of your strengths. We don't want to put you in places that, that would make you just stretch your personality. You'll be frustrated with in the future. We want to fan into flame the gift God has put in you. So this final sheet as you read through it, we love you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well because you become so dear to us. This is the heart of our church, is to be open life. So what are your spiritual gifts? Write those three down. Make a commitment to God. I will share the following in full surrender. Then write down your DISC assessment. Now with the awareness of my personality and leadership style, I will share my DISC of, you might guess mine, D-I. I'm like a really high D, as high as it comes. And then I is real high, and I don't really have S or C. So I try to care, but... Anyway, uh, it's just, you know, it's the way God made me. I do. I'll cry at Hallmark movies, but I naturally would want to go, you know, rule a country instead of do that. But anyway, it's like, you know, it's, it's kind of the way I'm wired. Uh, start new things like churches, right? Or new projects, which drives everybody around me crazy. Uh, so it's just realizing your wiring, and then this is our action point. Recommit to sharing. What do you need to do? to find the margin to share your life? What do you need to do to find the space to share your gifts with God? How can you stretch yourself? And uh, we're going to wrap up the service. We're not going to do a time of, of uh, reflection today and worship. We're not, you know, not going to do a, a giving talk to close the service like normal because if you have that gift of exhortation, you haven't signed up to serve on the communication team yet. So we didn't have anybody to close. I'm just kidding. That's not why. Uh, but we want to give you the opportunity to take that membership card again on your seat and say, man, I, okay, I, I'm, I'm re-upping or I'm, I'm saying I want to connect. I, I want to serve. I want to share. And here's my spiritual gifts and strengths. And drop that card, completed card, uh, in the white bucket on your way out. Drop your connect card in the white bucket on your way out. If you have a gift today to give, uh, and you brought that, even if you're the gift of giving, and you brought that extra gift, you can put that in the envelope or give digitally. But uh, that's what the buckets are for. And we want you to be praying this week. How can you find margin and commit? Easter's a month away. We are praying that God puts us into action in this room so that we can have ample people serving, equipped to serve by then, to be serving those who will walk through this, these doors, your guests on Easter, that we can put our best foot forward for guests every week, but specifically on Easter. And we're excited for what it's going to look like to fan into flame the gift in your life. Can I pray for you and pray for the gifts in your life. Lord, I thank you for everybody that is here. Everyone's a gift to you. You made us. We're your masterpiece. 
And so we sit here today, Lord, with this ability to, and this maybe fresh awareness. Maybe this is the first time in, we've ever taken this assessment of the disc and we're going, oh, that's why. Lord, would you help us unpack these things and learn from the content of this packet this week and put into application the, the, the two different gift sets, our spiritual gifts and then our personality and leadership gifts, and, and find a place to serve you. Lord, do you allow us to share our lives with you and each other faithfully, wholly, all of our life, all the time, talent, treasure, all of that. And the Lord, you'll allow us to be more fulfilled a month and two months down the road serving faithfully in the area of our giftings than we've ever been in our relationship with you. Help us to take the next steps. Or maybe the first step in this room and make a decision to follow you and say, Jesus, I want to follow you as Lord so that I can step into these areas of gifting that I've yet to unpack in my life. God, I thank you for bringing us today and let us have a little fun, be a little different so that we could go out from here equipped and empowered to be a fulfilled individual, faithfully pursuing you, sharing our life with you and each other. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's it. You are good to go.